And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He wanted to get President Trump at any cost, and this before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me. He was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. Even people that aren't big fans have said it. They said, this is not the right thing to do. It's an insult to our country, as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world, lost 13 magnificent young lives and far too many to mention that are so badly hurt with the loss of arms and legs and facial obliteration. The most embarrassing time in our country's history, in my opinion. Then our give up on energy independence and even energy dominance. We're going to be dominant within six months, more than any other nation times two. We had this all just three years ago, our raging crime statistics. If you look in Democrat-run cities, numbers the likes of which we have never seen before, the open threats by various countries of the use of nuclear weapons, something never mentioned or discussed by outside nations during the Trump administration and which could very well lead under the Biden administration's leadership to an all-out nuclear world war three can happen. We're not very far away from it, believe it or not. An economy that has been crippled by the biggest inflation we have seen in more than 60 years, and a military that I used to defeat ISIS in four weeks, they said it would take four years, four weeks, to kill al-Baghdadi and Soleimani that has now gone woke at the top levels by trying to indoctrinate everyone down to the lowest-ranking patriot. But now they have really stepped up their efforts by indicting the 45th President of the United States, who received Seventy-five million votes, which is more than any sitting president in the history of our country. And in the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me over an absolutely perfect phone call, even more perfect than the one I made with the president of Ukraine. Remember, I kid? Kept saying, that's a perfect call. This one was more perfect. <laughs> Nobody said, sir, you shouldn't say that. Many people on the phone were hung up in disgust because of something I inappropriately said.
because nothing was said wrong. In fact, at the end of the call, we agreed to continue our conversation about election fraud and election fraud, specifically in Georgia, at a later time. Many people on the phone, including lots of lawyers, nobody found anything wrong with that perfect call until a book promotion tour many months later. All of a sudden, they say, you know, I remember Trump making a call. Let's look at that. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election, and it should be dropped immediately. Immediately. <laughs> then you have a radical left lunatic known as a bomb thrower who is harassing hundreds of my people day after day over the boxes hoax, you know, the boxes hoax, as we call it. Just so everyone knows, I come under what's known as the Presidential Records Act, which was designed and approved by Congress long ago just for this reason. Under the act, I'm supposed to negotiate with NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, which, as of this date, is a radical left troublemaking organization that red flags the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights as dangerous and triggering. Can you imagine? This is what we have to deal with. But there is no criminality under the Presidential Records Act. That is not what it's all about. We were negotiating in very good faith, proper way, in order to return some or all of the documents that I openly and in very plain sight brought with me to Mar-a-Lago from our beautiful White House, just as virtually every other president has done in the past. When FBI and DOJ officials with NARA were here, I told my lawyer to show them the very secure storage room in which they were locked. The FBI's sole request in writing was, could you please put another lock on the door? We immediately complied. It's a lot different than the Biden situation, isn't it? The next thing I know, we were raided by many gun-toting FBI agents who took whatever they wanted, including my passports and medical records. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. We can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately so thought of been, the Fourth uh, Amendment. Listening in there to Donald Trump speaking uh, after this historic day anyway where he was arraigned in a court in New York. This is the first time that he's been speaking since that arraignment in New York today, again, uh, facing 34 counts uh, of criminal charges in New York. And we heard uh, the former president, uh, of course, repeating um, some of the false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. But he also did speak uh, about this case, apparently very carefully, uh, some on script, some off script. And that's something I want to talk about uh, with, with Caddy and, and Brian here in the studio, because both of you were watching this and saying, in parts, this is a campaign speech. And this is on script and this is on off script. So what did you both hear there that, that stuck out to you? Well, I think with Trump, you, after having listened for, to Donald Trump now, at least since 2015, when he announced that he was running for president, you, you sort of get to know when he's reading the prompter because there's a certain way he does it. It's a little more stilted. It's a little bit more controlled. Um, 
the, the cadence of it is a little flatter, actually. And when he goes off script, he's more energised and more energetic and he feeds off the crowd a little bit more. And it, I, here, I think, as we're listening to him now, and you can tell the kind of energy in the room collapses a bit when he's on script. It sounds to me like he's on script at the moment and you're not hearing so much from the crowd. That might just be the way the microphones are set up. We may not be hearing the feedback from the crowd. But he likes most to go off script. He likes to riff. He likes to um, extemporise, to feel the energy yeah. and to feed the energy. I mean, he likes to give it back. And in this case, it may be that it's a little bit more tricky for him to do because his lawyers will have said to him, you have to be a bit more careful. And so going off script is harder for him to do in this context. But it, this feels like a campaign rally. Does it feel like one to you as well? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you're, you're, Kenny's 100% right when he's reading you know, the energy level is usually not the, the same as opposed to when he's off script. You can just sort of feel natural vibe and you can see it. But this, you know, this is just a list of, of, the, of the greatest grievances. And we're just adding another one to that list. And I, and I suspect we'll hear a speech in three to four months, you know, respect, with respect to Georgia, adding the Georgia one to this long list of grievances. I think it, it sort of fits in the narrative that Trump, like, these guys have been coming me after me and ultimately you guys for years. This is just an extension of this fight. Why we win, now we win, now we need to win more than ever. Yeah, he did also speak about this current indictment. So I want to bring in David as well to ask you, David Kelly, uh, because we were speaking before uh, Donald Trump started his speech there. We were asking you uh, what he might need to have to do there to be careful and what language he uses. What did you hear? Was he careful? What I didn't hear was really getting into the facts of this particular case. So for once, he listened to his lawyers, apparently. And as, as Brian and Caddy have pointed out, this is really a campaign speech where he talks about everything about except about what everybody's listening to about today, which is the, the indictment. So he's he's avoiding all the important issues and then really using the opportunity here to have prime time to make a campaign speech. 